What is going on, Investor Thrive Nation? This is the Painless Wholesaling Podcast, where I bring in experts in the real estate industry to tell us how they got to where they're at right now. And so you can avoid the pitfalls, the pain of investing and trying to figure things out all on your own. That's why I got Noel on here today. He's done many deals. Noel, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and your experience in real estate. Just a quick wrap up, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into it. Fast, real fast. Born in Philadelphia. I'm a uh, former pro athlete, former scientist, and turned full-time real estate investor by being laid off during the Great Recession. And so I required now $7 million worth of real estate personally that I own. And then as a GP, I'm over $15 million. Wow. I mean, you're looking pretty jacked over there. Do you still do workout and do it? You, know? you know, at a young 42 years old, I still work out every day, 5 a.m. You know, I, I get started, you know. 5 a.m. and get it done. What do you do? Like, what does the workout look like? Uh, it, it depends, man. So uh, some days I'm doing yoga. Other days I'm in the pool, open water swims. I'll, uh, I'm a big Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu guy. Oh, bro, um, let's go. I do some CrossFitting, you know. So, yeah, I, I love to stay active. And I think you, um, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is really my thing because it makes you think. It's conceptual thinking. And when you're in real estate, the due deal sometimes, especially at the climate right now, you need to be able to think while you're being a chokehold. That's really how it was. I was one of those people with you seen you know Silicon Valley Bank or First Republic. I had I had my money with First Republic that just got bought out by JP Morgan. And I was doing refis with them. So imagine being in a chokehold, like you don't know where your money's going, you don't know what you're gonna do with your your building. And I was like, all right, you got to relax and flow. So I, I love you just how it makes you think and not have to panic when you go through this type of, uh, you know, economic environment right now. Dude, me and you are one of the same. I'm I'm into jujitsu too. I freaking love it, bro. It's like my yes. favorite. I wake up always at like five. You should, you should always try it out. Or just do it. Yeah, bro. Five thirty. I'm just rolling, bro. Cranking on people, getting cranked on. That's just. Are, that's, are you gi or no gi? No gi. I, I don't no like. Gi. It. I don't, yeah. Do you do gi? I do. I do both, but I I I, I normally I'll do just because I want to stop all of the scratches. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've done gi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I wear the rash guard and all that, but uh, yeah. I just went to a, a black. Black belt ceremony. I'm not a black belt. I honest, I've just been doing it uh, for a little bit. Um, but I, I went That's to a black amazing, belt ceremony man. on Saturday and it was fun because I got to see like the guy get the black belt. We rolled with him. Have you been doing it for a while? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I got introduced to jujitsu and Muay Thai around 2012. Oh, yeah, wow. 2012, 2013. And um, yeah, I'm a high shrink person. So jujitsu, you know, it doesn't matter how big you are, strong you are, you have to, it's technique and flow. It's like human chess. And yes, so man. you have to flow like water. So it, it really helps me relax because it's not brute strength of, you know, getting somebody to do, you know, sometimes you can do impose your will if you're shooting, but when most yeah, of yeah. the time it's, you know, technique, finesse, you know, trying to predict where someone's going to go. So uh, I, I love that about it. And what are you? Are you a belt? Are you a certain belt level yet? I'm a blue belt. Bro, so cool. Yeah. So when I, I wrestled all throughout high school and a little bit in college. So I had that background and then I got into jujitsu about like two years ago. And when I first started, I was like going balls to the wall, like just trying to crank on people and just like, and they were just like, you know, using their momentum and just moving me, Kazushi. And I was like, what is going on? Now, two years later, I'm like, barely even trying bro like i'm just uh -huh. like when people it, it feel like i don't even have to work that hard to be real it's amazing it's fun so yep 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 
that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's cool, man. And, and, and about the yoga, just curious, uh, do you do hot yoga? Other um, hot yoga on Sundays because normally that's like my active recovery day. So um, hot yoga there. But I actually got into the yoga because I wanted to get more flexible. You know, right. I, I, uh, I'm, not big, I'm not a big stretching guy. So yeah. like I said, I do a lot of activity. I'm like, yo, I need to incorporate this. So I kind of relate that to um, when you're in real estate, kind of like continue education, like what books are you reading? Who are you learning from? I use LinkedIn as like my my personal like Rolodex of investors. Like if I see an investor like and I'm like, oh, he's doing something that that I would like to do. Um, perfect example. This morning I was on a call and a guy was doing a crowdfund and I was like, you know, I've never done a crowdfund, how to set it up. And I was like, listen, let me get some free labor. I just want to shadow how you're putting together, how you're doing your distributions. I just want to learn how this is coming together. He's buying like 120, no, 100, 195 units wow. all through like St. Louis and they're going to crowdfund it. And I was like, I, I want to learn. So, you know, and I met that guy through, through um, LinkedIn, you know, and, you know, and most people are willing to share as long as you're respectful of their time. You know, you okay. come in letting them know what your need is, what you can provide, and, you know, that time I never had an issue with someone telling me like, scram off or, hey, give me $50,000, you know, for this, yeah. for, for, for my time. I never had that. Like, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. And do you have a podcast as well, by by the way? No, no, I, I don't have a podcast. No. So that's like actually information. Yeah. And that's one thing just I found is like usually having a podcast enables you to bring other people as well to like share their wealth mm -hmm. and knowledge as well. So it sounds like you do it. I kind of use the platform of the podcast to bring people on that I, I want to learn from. So that's cool, man. I love it. I wanted to ask you about your being a, uh, an athlete. What did you do uh, as an athlete? I was a uh, track and field. So um, I was uh, 2008 games, Beijing. I, I did end up going to the 2008 Beijing games, but as a guide runner. So mm -hmm. uh, it's a good story about this as well. I like to always talk about this. Four years of training and it was over in 10 seconds. Oh, man. Four years of training, you know, and it's over in 10 seconds. And I'm like, shit, I, I trained all. Actually, it's probably longer than that, but you're really kind of gearing and going. But yeah, yeah. It's now like, all right, what do you do now? And then I was, um, United States Olympic Committee had reached out and said, hey, would you like the guide run for somebody that's blind? And so mm -hmm. we're tethered together and I'm his mirror image. And mm -hmm. when I say that's one of the most fulfilling things that I've ever done in my life, uh, besides, you know, teaching people now, um, mm -hmm. just because I got to let him live out his dream. And, mm -hmm. you know, I try to, I really correlate that now to, you know, what I do for folks because I always give like free education and I'm always giving out like my templates, underwriting. I just want to help people, you know, achieve their goals, you know, and, and I always tell people to be very granular on your goals. You know, most people say like, what do you want to be? Like, I want a million dollars. Like, mm. are you really, is that this kind of arbitrary number or have you broken down what do you need for your financial independence and financial vitality and then financial freedom, which are totally different things, you right. know, and once you actually set that out and actually set a course on that, you'd be like, well, damn, I can vacation where like how many times I want a vacation per year, drive the car I want to drive if I'm just very granular and organized on what I what my number is. And then I can know what how many properties I need to acquire. You know? Did you learn that after sports or did sports help you learn that skill set of setting goals? Oh. 
sports helped me, you know, uh, set the goals and, and sports also was with failure, you know, learning how to lose. I, I encourage everybody, you know, I, I'm not a participation trophy or ribbon guy. I was actually really hard. I'm not, I'm hard on my nephew. My nephew stayed with me for the summer. You know, he's 15 and, you know, I teach him about real estate and he has his first summer job and how his money, but you need to learn how to fail to succeed. You know, you need to like, cause in this game, you take losses you shouldn't be taking the same losses over and over again. That means that's a problem in your in your in your core systems or your methodologies or your processes. If you have the same mistakes happening, but you, there's there's going to be loss. It's inevitable. It's like Murphy's law. There's going to be some if you're especially if you're doing enough volume and you're doing enough things. Like there's certain things that you can't predict. You know whether it's being laid off, whether it's being COVID, whether it's being banks going under. You know, you have, you're going to take some losses, you know, in, in this game right now. And it's how you, you push through, you know, and I always say like my first property took me almost, almost 28 months. I went door to door knocking, you know, this is, you know, door to door knocking on folks doors, asking them, you know, for a property, you know, back then real estate was less sexy because this is 2009 I'm talking about. So yeah. market just crashed. It's not real estate wasn't as sexy as it is right now where, you had, you know, most people were running for the hills, you know, yeah. and I'm up here reading, reading up on it and I'm going door to door, you know, asking people, you know, can I buy your house? Um, right. I learned a lesson in that too was empathy, you know, because I was finding these properties through uh, sheriff sales, which are tax and foreclosure. And what I learned is like no, no man or woman wants to lose their house because they couldn't pay their taxes or their, their, you know, or their mortgage. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a rough time around that 2009 and when a lot of people were yeah. getting laid off during that recession. And I learned a lot of empathy and I learned again to help people first. So, you know, it, it stopped being some of your house, you know, or, you know, they want to take it. It came right. to me like, how can I help you? Yes. How can I help you first? How can we partner number second? You can either, you know, sell it to me or we just depart as, you know, mutual acquaintances. Cause I never talked business at the door. I would invite them out like coffee or lunch you know yeah. at least you're getting something out of that and then if not all right you know but i said my piece and tried to help yeah that's amazing i i came from the door-to-door industry before uh real estate I, I knocked doors for six years for uh satellite tv had some teams like grew up so i know what you're talking about man door-to-door it's a grind it's it's, it's a but, dude it's and then, man I, and i have some stories hoses getting yes. turned on me i had some people yeah. put pistols out on me dogs yeah. and i'm like yeah. oh it's it is rough. And, and I was probably going on a bad day because I, I was going on Sundays, mm-hmm. but I, I targeted Sundays and most people are, you know, home during the afternoon during Sundays or post-church if, if they did that. So I targeted Sundays because I felt like that was still the high volume chance that someone would be home. And so yeah. that's why I did it. But that's also the time where people don't want, really want to be bothered. Yeah. So it's a risk versus reward situation. So I'm curious about you're, you're talking about failure is the way to success, right? You you learn from your mistakes. So what would you say for the people who like don't want to fail? Like they want to learn everything before they take action. They want to watch videos. They want to like learn stuff before they even do anything. Because that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I call it uh, analysis by paralysis. You know, right. um, you got to you got to shoot your your shot, man. Like mm-hmm. you can't hold the ball and be on the sideline. You know, if if you want to play it safe, you got to get in the bubble. We will have a safe, mundane life. But if you want a life of, you know, adventure and, and excitement, there's going to be some risk in that. You know, you have to. It, Tony Robbins has a quote, but it's actually from Eleanor Roosevelt, is that mm-hmm. if you want to take the island, you burn the boats. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he uses that a lot, but as Eleanor Roosevelt's quote, whatever, but yeah. it's so true. You know, you have to, you have to put it out there. Yeah. And I, I think there's a quote that I like. It's like, if, if something can't change, it can't progress, right? Like if you're going to get into something that's like stagnant or you can't improve, like you might as well not spend your time on it. Right. Cause in business, you're always changing. It's the ever changing yeah. game. <laughs> always, so. man. It's always, and you want the ball at the end, you know, it's, um, you know, winners win. And I, I like to make key decisions, you know, so I like, I, I, sometimes I do like that little bit of pressure on me to perform. Um, I always say like every every day is like game seven for me. And I try to approach it that way all the time because you get comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been, you know, full-time investing and, and technically financially free since 2015, 16. And you get comfortable. And when you want to challenge yourself out of your comfort level, that's where you're, you're trying to go to a different peak. And that's where I'm trying to get to a different tax bracket. I'm trying to buy something different. And it is, it's, it's very challenging. And I love that shit. Excuse me, I, I mean the curse, but I, I love it. I love it. I know, agree. I'm, I'm definitely getting beat up right now in the, you know, I'm doing well in a commercial real estate, but I'm getting lumped up. You know, I've won some rounds, but, you know, I would say they're winning the fight right now, you know, but it's, it's not over. Right. <laughs> well, dude, I think it's amazing because like you said, you've reached a point where like I, we talk, at least I hear a lot of people like, hey, once I retire, I'll be good. But like, look, yeah. then what what do you have to uh, yeah. strive for? Right. What do you got to live right. for? So it, it's, it's really cool to see someone like you where it's like, hey, man, I've, I've kind of got to that point where you could say, hey, I'm good. But every day it's game seven because that's how I keep going and keep having fun and keep striving. And that's a good place to be. I don't think you ever want to be like I said, if, if you're not changing, you're not progressing. Right. You always got to be improving. So that's yeah. so cool. So for the listeners that are tuning in, I think we've, we've talked and they've got a lot of good value so far. But for if they're in a job right now, if they got a W-2 and they want to get into real estate. Can you give them just like one key advice, one thing that they can implement after listening to this that they can do? Oh, one thing. I, it's not one thing, but I yeah. I take I take this topic very serious because I'm everybody's on social media. I see Instagram people bashing people for W-2s. And I'm just like, go go somewhere with that. Your mm-hmm. W-2 job technically is your first partner. You know, mm-hmm. you can do that as your first partner, you know, as you know, acquiring a property. You know, if I was a W-2 person, I would be looking to say, guess what? Where what type of property would I would like? If it's me, I'm saying I can qualify for a NACA NACA loan, which is like under 5% down, you can go up to quads or an FHA loan where you can go up to quads. And I'm I'm leveraging my my uh W-2 to actually qualify for this and move in, acquire it. Put the money, rinse, and repeat again. You know, there's some companies, like I was allowed, when I was at GSK, I was allowed to borrow from my 401k already and place it in the real estate deals. And so I was doing that as well. Another option for W-2 people, uh, self-directed IRAs. You know, you're not, technically, you're not, you don't have to put your money into the company's 401k. You know, I would say if they're matching, go ahead. But if they're matching, you should know when are you vested. 
because if you're not, if you're switching jobs every two to three years, but they're saying you, you need to be there more than 36 months to actually get that vest, to be vested, and you're you're switching jobs two years to climb up the, the ladder, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't put my money in there. I'll put it in a self-directed IRA and I'm, I'm investing in real estate through my self-directed IRA. At least I have power or knowing where it's, where it's going. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like you're saying, they, they poo-poo or they talk bad about W-2s. When W-2s aren't bad, they, like you said, they're your yeah. first partner, they can get you a lot of deals. So I just think maybe it's a lot of people are told like, hey, get rid of that job and, and get in real estate. Hey, many people do both. They they, they leverage both, both and do it for you. Like I always tell people, remember, there's a lot of great marketers out there, but you know, you need to follow the people that are actually doing real estate and right. operate in real estate because they're great marketers. I see it all the time. Like, man, that's that's amazing. <laughs> you yeah. know, right. can you operate in real estate, you know. I love it. Well, hey, Noah, I've had a great time chat with you. How, if my listeners, you know, as they've been listening, if they're like, man, I really want to learn more from this guy. I want to dive in deeper in what he's got to say. How can they reach you? What can you do for them so, you know, it, they can reach out and, and learn more? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm available at Noel, N-O-E-L, at crowncapitalcorp.com. That's my my email address. If you're on Instagram, my Instagram handle is the Christian sex symbol. So yes, there is a little irony around that. I love it because I don't take life too serious. So yeah, bro, Christian sex symbol is my handle on Instagram. Well, you got like you, yeah. well, you got pictures of your shirt off in there or what? No, no, no. It's, it's actually all real estate stuff. But I, you know, I, it's a it's a parody because I was born and raised Catholic, so I always yeah. kind of I, I have a sense of humor. So yeah, no, that's that's funny. I like it. But yeah, it's all real estate stuff on there. So Christian sex symbol, and then you got the uh, crown. Uh, you got your email and those yep, are the two best ways to try to reach out. Yep. Correct. Awesome. Well, pleasure having you on here, man. I've learned a lot. I, I've getting, and I can tell, I can feel your energy that like you're excited every day, even oh, though yeah. sometimes you take the licks, you're like, Hey, let's freaking keep going. But I one last it. thing I had to ask when you said four years of training over in 10 seconds, what did you mean by over in 10 seconds? Um, it was a hundred meters. So I was a hundred meter runner and okay. you know, I, that year, you know, I think, the slowest time to make it was like 10 5 mm-hmm. you know? So oh, I, I didn't run fast enough. So I was still in 10 seconds, but it was over. So you, you were referring in the fact that like to get to the per certain uh, yeah. meet you wanted to go to, you didn't qualify. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Man, that is and tough. It was like, it's a lesson real quick in that. My dad and my stepmom was like, well, what are you going to do now? You didn't make the Olympics. What are you going to do now? That's how I ended up in GSK. And you can't let someone else's fears impede your mindset. And I was the last Mm -hmm. time I let somebody do that because I let their fears that they were putting on me impact what I was going to do. I was 26 years old. I still was young. I still had enough time to make the tryout for the 2012 games yes. but it was their own fear of, of, of for like me and the love for me that they were like you, you need to go work you need you know use your degree whatever because you know i have a degree in biology and a master's in uh, biochemical engineering you need to go do it don't let nobody's fear impact what you want to do you know that's that, if i can leave you with anything like please don't that's a good way to end it man thank you so much reach out to noel you want to learn more peace out everybody